0: We used to go to fancy dinners all the time. And so when the waitress asked us for order, there was this fluster and I'd see her mouth move. There was pressure. My dad's staring at me and I'm looking at a menu and then everything goes blank. And he used to just yell, what's the matter with you? Damn it. Answer the lady. And just always had that reaction. So I, I heard what's the matter with you all the time. And so I grew up always saying that to myself, like, what's the matter with you? (laughs) So, yeah.
1: I'm Dr. Angela Alexander, audiologist, and I work with a hearing disorder that has less to do with the ears and more to do with the brain. In this episode of Between Two Ears podcast, we will discuss listening difficulties in young children and give practical advice and tips on ways to make this better for everyone. A friend sent something to me the other day and it stopped me in my tracks. I asked her if we could pause a moment and she could repeat herself. The act of listening is an act of respect. So is not listening a sign of disrespect? What if a person has difficulties with communication? Does that, by definition, make them a disrespectful person? I I remember a teacher
0: kicking me out of class and he kept telling me like, you know, what's the answer? And I was like, can you ask it again? And he's like, I'm not gonna repeat myself, you know? And I'd sit outside. And then he'd come in and he'd ask me again. And I was so nervous at this point that it was really horrible. It was very frustrating.
1: I want to understand why we become so disconnected, angry, and triggered when people aren't listening. This is a common complaint of parents with young children.
0: In a progressive way throughout the day, there's just little bits of not listening where it's like put your bowl in the dishwasher doesn't do that okay not a big deal in the small scope but then it's like okay can you put your shoes on doesn't do that without being asked four times and then it's just like a slow build up until you get to three in the afternoon and you're like hey can you just wash your hands before we have afternoon snack or whatever and they just don't do it and you irrationally lose your mind because you've just been building and building on a lack of listening all day long. And it feels like a lack of respect because all you're trying to do is help this little person and keep them alive and make sure they have a good time. And you just feel like you're doing all these things just for them to ignore you. Basically,
1: When we complain that young children aren't listening, we are upset that they aren't immediately responding and acting on our commands. We would prefer them to interrupt their thoughts, what they are doing or thinking or feeling or learning, and shift their attention entirely to us and what we are saying. Just the other day, my three-year-old daughter was filling up a dog's water bowl and then would dump it on the ground. She'd fill the bowl back up and dump it again. I asked her kindly, don't waste the water, please. And suddenly I realized she has no idea what I'm talking about. Her brain is teaching her things about gravity, fluid dynamics, and even how faucets work. She was learning. She doesn't know that water is a finite resource, or that when it's dumped on the ground, it isn't as useful to us, or the amount of effort that went into making sure that water is clean and ready to drink. So is it that children aren't listening? Or is it that they aren't prioritizing life the way that we prioritize life? Our top priorities might be safety and etiquette, while theirs are exploration and joy. Hey Izzy, has your teacher ever told you that you're not listening? Yeah. And how does that make you feel?
2: It makes me sad.
1: Are you trying not to listen?
0: No.
1: No. It's hard when people say that you're not listening. Yeah. Are you just learning? Yeah. Yeah, I think it helps to realize that kids aren't doing this to drive us crazy. They're slowly figuring out the world and how it works, and that's a big task. It's true that young children do not process speech as quickly as adults do. There can also be other reasons why children aren't listening, including ear infections and hearing problems like a hearing loss or auditory processing disorder.
0: I asked her kindergarten teacher if she thought that she would be ready for school next year. So I said to her, you know, someone who spends three days a week with her, like, what do you think? And she said, look, she's very bright, but she has a lot of trouble listening. And I think you would do well to pay a visit to an ENT. And when she said that to me, honestly, I was a little bit offended because I was like, I know my child, she doesn't have anything wrong with her. She doesn't have any ear infections or, you know, I just think she's like a regular toddler who's just straight up ignoring you because you're not doing fun things for her. So I kind of felt that and begrudgingly, I made the appointment with the ENT because I am struggling with her listening to me. And if there was anything I could do to help that, or if there's something that is causing her pain that she just doesn't realize because it's become her norm, um, then I would do that, obviously, what's best for her. And then now finally, today, having seen an ENT and knowing that she needs grommets and her tonsils out and her adenoids out, it makes you feel pretty bad that you've been you know, so harshly judging this, poor little girl. There's a test we can do called
1: tympanometry. Picture the eardrum a little bit like a balloon. If you push on the side of a balloon and it's full of air, it's going to react one way. Instead, let's say that a balloon is full of water or fluid and you push on the side, it's going to act and react in a totally different way. It's almost like you slap my thigh, right? And there's just little ripples coming back. Well, this test, we can put pressure and a little bit of sound toward the eardrum, and we can check to see how that energy is reflected back.
0: They said she had a lot of fluid in her ears. He said she's basically underwater.
1: Even audiologists miss ear infections in their own children. I have a little bit of an embarrassing story to tell you. My daughter was having a play date with her best friend. Her mom said to me, my kid has an ear infection. And I told her, hey, let's do a really quick test so that I can measure to see how bad things look and I can give you some advice. And I said, let me show you what normal looks like first. I'll show you on my daughter's ear first because she doesn't have an ear infection. I put the probe in her ear and lo and behold, the response was similar to a water balloon and not a balloon full of air which was what it should have been. So at that current moment, my child actually had fluid in her middle ear space and I had no idea. Of course, as an audiologist who works with auditory processing issues, I wanted to take her to the emergency room immediately and get it dealt to. (laughs) I take ear infections potentially more seriously than most people do. I want to have you listen in on just a little bit of what Jack Katz, PhD, audiologist, and speech-language pathologist has to say about ear infections.
2: Ear infections for somebody our age may not be that significant to our lives, but when a child's brain doesn't know anything, and the first thing it learns is through these ears with fluid, the high-pitched sounds, which are the most important sounds in the language are faded out or minimized, and all of the sounds are distorted and it's noisy. And all that goes into the brain, instead of learning what the sounds really sound like, they sound very different. And the first three months are the most critical ones, and the first three years are the next most critical. And then you keep on adding to what's already a mistake in the brain, and it's bad and it will affect their speech. It doesn't mean that the high frequencies are completely gone, necessarily, but the low frequencies are emphasized. Jack
1: has a theory that Elvis Presley's singing voice may show evidence that he may have struggled with ear infections as a young child.
2: Elvis Presley had uh, Love Me Tender was a song. Love me tender, love me Never let me go. <laughs> so little mouth and tongue and stuff. Almost all in the back, whatever.
1: Here are some signs of things that you may want to watch out for in order to refer a child for a hearing test or an auditory processing evaluation. Number one, multiple ear infections or fluid. Constant allergies. Snoring or mouth breathing. Delayed speech development. Limited vocabulary indistinct or unclear speech, difficulties learning words to nursery rhymes or children's songs, being bothered or distracted by noise, forgetfulness, trouble following simple instructions, and even troubles figuring out where sound is coming from. Kids don't need to have all of these things for a referral. These are just some red flags that may warrant getting things checked out. Children should be saying one word at one year of age, and putting two words together around two. In the words of my professor John Ferraro, always fix the easiest things first. If a hearing problem or wax or an ear infection is occurring, fix that first and then see what else might need help. And finally, here are some tips to help children listen better. Step one, be aware of what your child is doing when you ask them to do something. Are they fully engaged in another task? Listening takes a lot of mental capacity for kids, so if they're focused on something else, they aren't trying to be naughty or disrespectful. Remember, they have different priorities. Number two, get on their level. Come close to them, drop down, and be eye-to-eye with them to ensure that they know that you are speaking with them and that what you have to say is important. Number three, remove this statement from your day-to-day language. I'm only going to tell you this once. Some children do need to hear things a few times and in a few different ways. This list, including more suggestions, is located on our website, apdsupport.com. That's A as in apple, P as in Paul, and D as in donut. (laughs) apdsupport.com. It's also helpful to realize what situations seem to be most frustrating and figure out some creative solutions. Is the hardest time of the day when you're leaving for work or school? Could something be done the night before to make this less stressful? There's so much pressure as a parent to do things perfectly, to create perfectly behaved children. Many parents are worried that if they aren't hard on their kids, they won't grow up to be amazing little humans. But what our parents say to us becomes our internal self-talk. How do you want your child to speak to themselves? It is for this reason that I try to notice any time I see my child doing something positive by saying, you are so good. How did I get to be so lucky to be your mom? Did you know you're a good kid? One of my favorite things to observe as an auditory processing specialized audiologist is to watch parents believe in their children again. I also try to have one grandparent moment with my daughter each day. This is a brief interaction where I don't need her to do anything for me and I just show her my love. It might be a brief cuddle before I brush her hair or have a laugh with her about one of her many, many poop jokes. In this moment, I try to prioritize life in exactly the same way she does. You've been listening to the Between Two Ears podcast with Dr. Angela Alexander, audiologist. And always, thank you for listening. Love me tender Love me true All my dreams fulfilled For my Darling, I love you And I always